0: Welcome to this special edition of the ABA Journals Asked and Answered, where we're going to be giving you a sneak preview into the 2020 annual meeting. I'm joined today by ABA President Judy Perry Martinez and Marty Ballo, the Associate Executive Director of the Meeting and Travel Group. Thank you guys so much for joining us.
1: We're delighted to be here. It's great to be here.
0: So Judy, every ABA President gets one annual meeting essentially to, to plan for and, and to put on. And so I assume that you've been thinking about this for a while, but there've been some monkey wrenches thrown in what may have initially been planned. So my question is, what's it been like to pivot from whatever we may have thought of as the ABA annual meeting in the past to what it's going to be like this year?
2: Well, Lee, to say the least, it's been interesting, but I can tell you after attending 36 annual meetings uh, in the past of the American Bar Association, I just knew that if we took this online with the help of our great meetings and travel department and our wonderful volunteers and other staff, that we would make this one the best yet. And as a consequence, what we did was think about everything that we love about ABA annual meetings. And brought that forward and then designed it in a way that we can help lawyers across this country make sure that they're tuned in to learn what they need to learn and know what they need to know and be able to network, even if we're all at home and dealing with the issues that we're dealing with as a result of the pandemic.
0: And Marty, you have been the head in charge of planning so many of these annual meetings. What is this one for you? How many have there been?
1: Oh, this is my 40th uh, ABA annual meeting. So uh, this is a whole new ballgame.
0: And in mid-March, when the ABA made the decision uh, for the safety of its workers to have us all work remotely and from home, what did meetings and travel start thinking about and planning immediately to address what we were going to do if we were all still remote come annual meeting time?
1: We began um, having daily meetings to begin to figure out how a different format would work for our members to keep their attention, to give the information that they need, make it entertaining, make it available when they want it. And interestingly, planning it virtually actually helps you execute it virtually.
0: Can you expand on that? That's really interesting.
1: Well, because everything we're doing from the middle of March on, we were either using Microsoft Teams or Zoom to do our planning. So we got to see, you know, (laughs) when someone loses attention, how you've got to keep it punchy and interesting or you lose them and how the sound works best, how the interplay, how people behave differently when they're listening and viewing something electronically versus in person.
0: And Judy, what were your discussions like with the other, say, section leaders? I think one of the interesting things is that other sections who had planned meetings earlier in the summer were also trying out new things and seeing what the limits of technology were. What were you hearing from section leaders about their successes or or difficulties with holding virtual meetings?
2: Well, I think a lot of section division and forum leaders and other committee chairs of the ABA were looking to see what our success was gonna look like at annual because they knew that it would be a wonderful template, if you will, for what they could do in the months to come as we worked through this pandemic. Um, with the uncertainties of knowing when we can meet again in person for all the many meetings that we have, over 300 a year uh, within the ABA. And so as a consequence, they wanted to learn as we learned. They wanted to be a part of that whole thinking about what's the best way to deliver, what's going to maximize the experience of individuals. And so we had um, particularly so staff from sections, divisions, and forums engaged in a working group that involved volunteers as well. And we also tied back to what we had been planning for many months, even before the pandemic. And that was for the very first time in a very long time to have a theme for this year's meeting. And the annual meeting theme is Convening for Justice. So bringing that forward to the virtual experience was very, very important to us.
0: And with the Convening for Justice, there is going to be a panel discussion that I'm really interested in hearing about. Could you talk a little bit about that event?
2: Well, there are just an array of panel events that are so exciting. One of the ones that I think that has been a later ad that's going to really draw attention and interest is an ABA forum, Justice and Policing, A Path Forward. And that one will be on Friday, July 31st from 3 to 4. And will feature the Baltimore Police Chief, Michael Harrison, and Honorable Susie Morgan, who's been overseeing in the federal courts uh, the police consent decree in New Orleans for almost eight years. Dr. Tracy Birch, who is an academic at Northwestern and the American Bar Foundation, who has in her scholarship portfolio articles and interests that she has in policing. And also on that panel is uh, confirmed U.S. Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina and Joey Jackson will moderate. And they'll be looking at policing and what can be done in order to make sure that we are addressing all aspects of policing, including police violence against Black men and women, Um, And most importantly, how we can do better at policing in all our communities across the country.
0: Now, Marty, there are some other events that we always have around annual meeting and that I think are really inspiring and enjoyable for the people who attend, including um, the ABA Medal presentation and the Thurgood Marshall Awards. How are those going to be held and how can meeting attendees view them and experience them?
1: Well, they will um, be held. In actually different time slots than they have been in the past. We're going to be kicking off the annual meeting with the General Assembly, where the presentation of the ABA medal will be to uh, former ABA President William Newcomb. And we will have some very interesting not yet announced, but believe me, it will be very impressive speakers that will be joining us for the General Assembly. The Thurgood Marshall Dinner uh, will be an event uh, that uh, kind of a bring-your-own-dinner event on <laughs> Friday, and they will be honoring Marion Wright Edelman. And uh, I, I think it's one of the other really interesting things about doing a virtual meeting is that you have access to speakers that you could only dream about when you're trying to do them in person, just how busy people are to make the commitment to come and speak, you know, taking multiple days the travel, everything that's involved. In the virtual world, almost anything is possible.
2: And, And Lee, let me mention that and add to what Marty just said, because with every challenge comes opportunities, as we all know, and we've all experienced during this pandemic. But the list of speakers that we are even announcing at this time, and we have more that we have not yet announced, but the list of speakers is breathtaking. Um, To give you some ideas, uh, former Ambassador Andrew Young talking about mayors and civil justice over 40 years. Ken Starr on the annual Supreme Court uh, Roundup that we do each year. Ken Starr will be at the table for that. A conversation, and we're having, we're sprinkling these conversations throughout the week. Um, a conversation on Shortlisted, a new book out on women in the shadows of the Supreme Court by its two authors, Renee Kanaki and Hannah Brenner-Johnson. Um, a conversation about justice in space uh, with the NASA administrator, Jim Bridenstine, and acting associate administrator, Mike Gold, who will be talking about what justice is in space. Milan Vivier former ambassador for U.S., uh, ambassador for Women at Large Issues, um, she'll be talking about women in Beijing and women's rights or human rights, uh, Beijing plus 25, with Judge Bernice Donald from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. Samantha Power, a former ambassador, will be joined by Judge Jim Wynn from the Fourth Circuit to talk about justice and human rights. And we'll also have other programs, including one on LGBTQ issues arising out of the recent Bostic decision with Chai Feldblum. And, uh, President elect Trish Rifo. And then one of my favorites is a conversation on climate change with the world renowned skier Kit Delorias, um, who has skied the seven summits, the only person to have done so. And she'll be interviewed by Karen Mignoni, the chair of the ABA section on environment, energy, and resources.
0: So we have all these impressive speakers and one of the things that i think we really should broadcast and that maybe not all people know is ABA members always get a discount for the ABA annual meeting. But for the 2020 all virtual annual meeting, Marty Ballow, how much do ABA members pay?
1: <laughs> it's free. There's no charge to ABA members. It's being promoted as an ABA member benefit and so if you have friends who uh, colleagues who are interested in learning about the ABA, this is a great opportunity for them to join the association and be part of this great program. We also will have, in addition to all the educational opportunities, we haven't forgot about the social activities and the interest that would happen in a person-to-person meeting. We'll have a president's reception and we're going to have a some entertainment including Dennis Watkins, uh, uh, terrific magician. Um, we're going to have a young upcoming singer, Lucy Godinez, and we've partnered with the Illinois Holocaust Museum on Thursday to offer a virtual tour of the RBG Notorious exhibit that is currently there. And following that, we're going to have a trivia night. And <laughs> so a chance to, uh, you know, test your skills um, against your colleagues.
0: This is definitely something that uh, piqued my interest when I first heard about it. ABA trivia night. So is this trivia about the ABA or is it trivia about various, you know, legal decisions or can we not even tell people because that would spoil the game?
1: I'll just say that it's a mix of things. So you have to be a very well-rounded participant.
0: (laughs) Now I know that I find when I attend the meetings the the in-person networking and talking, that is so valuable as an experience of going to these meetings and you talk to people who you know, met wonderful friends through this or even spouses. And I thought, well, how can we even replicate that in the digital space? And when it was explained to me, these kinds of various chat room functions, I found it really intriguing. Marty, could you talk about what it is like if someone is deciding to to log in and try and participate? What will their experience be like?
1: Well, we have uh, modeled the president's reception um, after a very s- successful round of receptions that were um, that happened during the antitrust spring meeting. We learned from their event. So when you register to attend our reception, you're going to have the opportunity to go and jump around from various tables where you'll have a chance to meet new people. And I think uh, Judy actually experienced it during the antitrust meeting.
2: I did. And it was a lot of fun. And I met lawyers from different parts of the country. I met lawyers, Lee, that I probably would not have met, but for being an active ABA member and attending an ABA meeting. And that's the real, I think, promise of this annual meeting is that it will, with the trade off of not being together physically in one place, comes this extraordinary opportunity to really have more lawyers from across the country of all ages, of all years of practice, of all practice settings, many who maybe couldn't come to an ABA meeting before to join us and to join us virtually, and to be a part of a community that cares, a part of a community that is all about making lawyers more competent, uh, making sure lawyers are, are ethical, and making sure lawyers know that the American Bar Association is their home and is the place that they go in order to be the best that they can be.
0: And I know that when ABA General reporter Amanda Robert was speaking to uh, various members and, and sections who'd had, you know, sort of the first All virtual meetings, she said that she was finding from them that they did see much more engagement and many more downloads than they would have expected to see in person visitors. So, Marty, do you think that this may turn out to be one of the best attended meetings?
1: Yes, we're pretty confident that that is indeed going to be the case because if you want to experience the meeting, chronologically, you're going to have that opportunity if that's the way you like to receive your information or you like to attend events. But for the person who wants to make their own meeting, you're going to have the opportunity after each event has been done virtually, um, it'll be in a library. And as a registrant, you're going to be able to go back and take another one of those. Uh, CLE showcase programs at midnight, if that's what you want to do, or if you want to listen to one of these great conversations at six the next morning, you can do that. And so it, it'll give people the flexibility that they've never had, um, attending an in-person meeting. So it opens it up to a, and as you had said earlier, Lee, without the travel and the time out of the office, this is an incredible opportunity.
0: And so let's talk about registration. If we've convinced listeners that, you know what, I definitely want to check this out, what should they do?
1: They should go to www.ambar.org slash annual.
0: And I went there this morning and there's a great uh, calendar of events and sort of highlights and also, of course, the links that you can register at. Once someone's registered... Is there going to be some sort of web portal? How are they going to access the annual meeting?
1: On the Monday of the annual meeting week, they will be receiving a Know Before You Go, which will give full instructions on how to access the meeting and how to search for events that will be interested. It also is a calendar function to be able to schedule your events. And in addition, there's a a chat bot which will help if you have any questions about technology, you'll be able to get answers quickly.
0: And Judy, at the close of the annual meeting, that will also be the end of your year as ABA president. I have to imagine that this played out differently than you anticipated it might, but what's your experience been like leading the association during this year?
2: With all the challenges that have been brought to the association, what I've seen time and time again is a a spirit of nimbleness, a spirit of resiliency across staff and across the volunteer leadership uh, that is unparalleled. Um, frankly, it has made the time of the pandemic one that while we know we are have to be at our best um, in order as an association as, and as individual lawyers in order to assist the public, it's also making us think, Lee, about how we need to be creative And how we need to understand what we can do, no matter what is required of us in terms of being remote, being online, or any other challenges that come our way. That is something I'm going to take with me uh, for the rest of my years, is um, knowing that the strength of this organization is in its people, and knowing that we will be here for so many more. So the challenges we've faced have all been uh, part of a learning process. And frankly, I know with the leadership that's in line and Trish Rifo and Reggie Turner and others to come, um, that we're going to be in a very, very good place as they work with Jack Rise, our executive director, and all of the staff.
0: You had the experience of helping launch the Center for Innovation. And it really has been interesting seeing how what used to be theoretical discussions about, well, how can lawyers have virtual offices? How can lawyers? maybe think about going about their practice in different ways seems to suddenly really be vital when we all had to switch gears and deal with the pandemic. So I'm curious, Judy, what your experience has been like. Do you feel better able to face this pandemic and the future of practicing law digitally because of your experience with the Center for Innovation and talking to legal tech experts.
2: You know, I have been uh, in a mode of learning for the last many years, um, and that started when I worked remotely for a portion of my career when I was in-house. So I had a little bit of a leg up, as they say, in that regard. Um, But what I can tell you is that the work that the ABA started in 2014 on the Commission on the Future of Legal Services, and as you said, led to the creation of the Center for Innovation. And now we see vibrancy and innovation happening across the ABA um, and across entities that really want to be there for their members. Um, And so what I know, Lee, and what I've seen demonstrated time and time again in the association and through its members and staff is that we are positioned to help lawyers across this country understand what they need to know in order to meet the demands of their clients, in order to help their clients understand how they can work in this remote world. What we've seen is a transformation that any expert thought in terms of the absorption and embrace of technology uh, would have taken on average from five to 10 years happen in five to 10 weeks. And that's been so whether you're in a large firm, uh, whether you're in a solo practice, whether you're in a corporate law department, or whether you're a government lawyer or you're on the courts. And some of the most remarkable leadership has come from our court systems. So what we want to do is make sure that the ABA continues to use its convening power, whether it's on the newly created ABA task force on legal needs arising out of the pandemic, which was stood up in order to address the significant surge in legal needs that we know is beginning to occur because of the pandemic. Are the ABA Practice Forward, which is all about supporting our members and showing them the path forward through and beyond the pandemic in terms of what they need in their practice settings, that the ABA is where lawyers can go in this country and beyond in order to know what they need to know to be the best they can and to be able to deliver these services that our clients need no matter the mode of delivery.
0: And Judy, the annual meeting and the mid-year meeting are also when the ABA's House of Delegates meets, which is the the policy-making body that helps us as an organization decide what our policy positions could be. But that's, you know, some 600 people. How are you guys going to have the House of Delegates meeting?
2: Well, we are, Lee. And under Bill Bay as chair of the House, his leadership, uh, working side by side with Alpha Brady of our senior staff, our associate executive director, who is doing remarkable work to bring the House together. All 600 members of the House will convene virtually um, and listen to a robust debate on uh, numerous resolutions, as well as address the other business of the House. And we are so looking forward to knowing that our House will continue this year, albeit virtually, to do its important work, Uh, That affords the policy of the association in order that the ABA can take positions before Congress and agencies, as well as uh, speak out on issues of importance to the profession and the public. And, Marty,
0: this is your 40th annual meeting, and this will also be your final one with us. Uh, We just want to thank you so much. You're retiring, uh, a much deserved rest uh, after this kind of upheaval. But I'm curious. About your perspective, working with the ABA over 40 years, what have been the biggest changes you've seen?
1: I think probably the biggest change that I've seen has been the incredible change in diversity of our membership and our leadership in the organization that has made it a much more reflective and relevant organization to the practice of law. And I'm very proud of that change that has occurred from what I saw as a very young man uh, at my first meeting, where there was very little diversity. And I think we're a better and a richer organization because of that.
0: Well, Marty, we all appreciate your service so much. Judy, is there anything you'd like to add?
2: Um, I know that every volunteer leader who's actively engaged in the ABA is well aware of not only Marty's service and his expertise, but also his leadership. But to all of those listening, we have a gem among us on this podcast, um, a gem that will keep shining even after he departs and retires. Um, Marty Ballow has not only been our associate executive director of meetings and travel of the meetings and travel group, um, but he has been a leader across the board, a thought leader for the American Bar Association. A responsible his group for 300 annual meetings a year, the logistics for the annual and mid-year association meetings, our programs on ABA preferred hotel rate to our ABA leverage programs, and so much more. He's been recognized for his lifetime in with a lifetime achievement award from the Professional Convention Management Association, which is the world's largest and most respected network of business events strategists. But Marty, for 40 decades of volunteers from across the ABA, I say thank you on their behalf for your leadership, for your vision for the American Bar Association meeting, and most importantly, for your friendship. Thank you, Judy.
0: And if you'd like to join Marty and the rest of us for the 2020 ABA Annual Meeting, again, that website is www.ambar.org slash annual. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening service.